0: This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. I encourage you, like, don't rush into, this is not like a worship is over, now let's listen to the Word. I encourage you, like, stay in worship. Like, keep your hearts in that ooey-gooey place. Um, I'm here to give you a fork and a knife and a plate to enjoy Him even more, that's all. So, if you have your menus... We're gonna be in John chapter fourteen tonight. Um, get these fruit snacks out of here. I I have like emergency fruit snacks at all times. Um, did you want them? Sure, I would love to give you these. They're very warm and they're very smushed. Um, okay, so we're gonna be in John chapter fourteen, and tonight i I would just love to share how to play God's heartstrings. Cool? How's that sound? Good. I'm glad because if you didn't like it, I had nothing to back up. So, um, I just it's something that I've studied privately for probably 13 years now, and. Um, this is the first time I'm gonna speak on it publicly. It's like, I, like I'm opening the the vault. It feels like on some stuff that I I never would imagine sharing some of this stuff. So I'm I'm really honored to get to share it with you. And thank you so much, Pastor Kathy, for leading the school in every facet and even like pouring into my life personally. Goodness gracious, I, some of the stuff I would never even dive into if it wasn't for the way that you've loved and led me and us. And if I know you make it all about God, but like goodness gracious, thank you so much for everything you do. Seriously, um, yeah. So. Are we in John 14? Yes. Okay. Can I, before we put it up there, can I just say, when I was growing up, I always read this as like a, like an instructions, like do this, like if you love God, like if you love him, then you better obey him kind of deal. But it's because I took it out of context. Um, in John 13, the one right before this, it's, The conversation is super emotional and very difficult. Conversation Jesus is having with his disciples. He's saying, You know, I'm leaving. Judas actually betrays him. Um, Peter's freaking out. He's like, You're leaving. I'll, I'll leave with you. I'll die for you. And Jesus is like, Actually, you're going to betray me before even like in the morning time. And that's how chapter 13 ends. And so the very next thing that Jesus says is, um, here in 14, it says this, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Goodness gracious, thank you. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, We do not know where you're going. And how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I was going to do this like a really pretty message, but I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Just don't tell anyone else. Thomas is super easy to make fun of in the Bible because Jesus just said the way. And he's like, wait, what? What's the way? And, and um, it's, it's easy to pick on him. But I'll just be really transparent with you guys. For me, there's so many times I talk to Jesus and I'm like, God, I need an answer. And the reason I'm asking is because I'm scared and I want to do it without him. Okay, that's just me then. I guess that, that's, but I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll just say like this. It's even with teaching this message, sometimes I'm like, God, what do I teach? What do I teach? What do I say? Because I'm scared of what if I have nothing good to say? It has nothing to do with Jesus. It has to do with like, I'm terrified. So just tell me what to say and I'll go do without you. It's so similar like Adam and Eve. It's so similar to what they did at Mount Sinai where they're like, just give us the rules. We don't want to know you. We just give us the rules and we'll be fine. And it's like this. Sometimes I go to God and I'm like, just tell me like, how do we get from point A to point B and I'll be happy? And he's saying, it's me. I'm the answer. I called you to go there, but I didn't say like go there and I'll shoo, get away. It's the only way to go there is through me. Not crazy. And so this answer is beautiful because he's not rude to Thomas, but he's so he says, "I'll answer your question." But it's more than just an answer here, and that's all i to talking about tonight. Is it's an invitation to intimacy. It's not just, oh, you have a question? Here's information. No, no. Here's the invitation. It's through me. I am the way. In fact, I'm more than that. I am the truth, too. And that will set you free. And the life. <sighs> Isn't that wonderful, news Thank you for letting me be honest with you guys. I, I, I um, yeah. Yeah. So we'll just keep reading here. Cool. Cause I just want to keep the, the premise of the whole conversation, the context of the whole conversation, because if we go into some of these things like John, John 14, 15, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible says, if you love me, then you'll keep my commandments. If we read that with the wrong goggles on, then it sounds like a threat. We can live on the wrong side of the comma of like, if you love me, then you'll keep my commandments. And the tone is so different because instead of it being a trade-off or you earning something, it actually becomes what carries you and empowers you to obey his commandments. You see what I'm saying? It would be as silly as us pushing a car. Like I have, a, I, I can drive like 70 miles an hour legally down 66 right now. <laughs> but... Could you imagine if you were like, oh, we're all going to go out to, um, you know, I don't know, some restaurant in Centerville. And I'm like, yeah, bet. Get in my car. And I just started pushing you guys. It would actually be harder for me to do that and get there than it would just be regularly walking. And there's these things here that like, we can take something like obedience and make it this like, okay, God, I'll obey you so hard. You won't even. And it's like the thing that's actually going to carry us into obedience is if we love him. Yeah. And that's the invitation. Yeah. <sighs> I'm so glad you guys, because anyways, yeah, we'll, keep going, we'll keep going. Okay, so let me share this story. My fruit snacks are gone, but I'll tell you this. Uh, Levi, Levi! Hello. Um, so well, he has an actual problem. In fact, please pray for him. This could be an intervention because he loves fruit snacks. And it's, like, it's, it's actually scary sometimes. But one, one, um, one staff meeting we had, um, he was with me, and so was Judah, his cousin. And he was eating his fruit snacks. And I said, Levi, will you please share with Judah? And he was like, I don't know about that, you know. <laughs> but he did. And I just had a question What do you think the purpose in me asking my son to share is? for you, you guys I'm used to talking to kids with this what do you think oh fine I'll tell I'll tell you it's not rhetorical but we can do it so just say for sake of time I'll say this I'll say this I'm actually stronger than him I'm smarter than him I'm faster than him my legs and arms are longer I'm better at English this, I'm not no offense but I'm better at English and so it would actually be more effective for me to get off my butt and go give Judah these fruit snacks so why would I ask Levi to share with Judah? Why? sure yeah absolutely i want so badly for my son to grow up and know that his father has blessed him in order to be a blessing on the earth i want so badly for him to live in a posture that's like this saying you can have whatever i have and generous i want so badly for that them so much so that i would say here practice with this fruit stack so imagine me getting ready to teach and god's like hey i want you to share could you imagine What's the purpose of him asking me to share? Yes, believe me. I think you're going to be blessed tonight. I genuinely believe that you're going to get some fruit snacks tonight. But you can you have your own fruit snacks. The truth of the matter is, you, I trust you guys' relationship with God. So what I'm actually sharing is actually blessing me as well. I get to know about him. I never walk away the same. And I can miss that completely if I was too focused on getting it perfect for you guys. On the way from point A to point B. The whole purpose of why he called me, I could miss because I'm sitting here going, got to make it perfect. And this thing that was actually meant to bless me turns into this thing of like, let me carry this weight of teaching. For what? Anyways. (laughs) Anyway, so going back to Levi as an example. Um, He loves me. Um, He knows me. He has an intimate relationship with me. I don't see. So he's hugged me like seven times since we've been in here. And I, I'm not bragging about that. I'm telling you, this is the context for why he would obey me when I say go and share with Judah is because he knows me that I have three more packs of <laughs> fruit snacks in my back pocket. He knows from experience that when I ask him to share, it's actually to bless him. So because he knows me, that is what actually empowered him to obey me. He was fighting in his head. He was like, oh, I don't know, you know, I love this. He actually ate probably like three more food snacks. He was like, uh, sure, ask me again over time. And he kept doing it. And how many guys do this with God all the time? It's like, God's like, go pray for that person. You're like, oh, you know, I don't know. I think I'll just pray for myself. But like, the thing is, he ended up obeying me because he knows me and he loves me. And that intimacy and that relationship with him, with me, actually empowered him and carried him to obey me. Isn't that good news? So let's, let's read a little bit in John 14, 15, okay? One of my favorites. It says this. If you love me, keep my commandments. My, my study Bible makes this note. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Okay. And I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, and he may, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you. Is anyone happy that the Holy Spirit dwells with them tonight? Yeah. I mean, because we could go through this whole night and miss out on the fact that we actually get to enjoy the Holy Spirit right now. And you can go home with a bunch of information, some cute notes, and miss out on that. So let's just say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for dwelling with me. Oh, he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So my first point is this. My, first, my fork, your fork tonight is this. Is our love for him empowers us to obey him. Okay, let's. I'm gonna go down to the second chunk, unless there's anything else I have to say. Now we're good to go. Okay, so this is the next chapter uh, verse here. I think it's 19. Is that right, Evangeline? So what my Bible says. Okay, so it says a little while longer, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me, because I live, you will live also. Thank you, God. Anyone, if you're alive right now, just thank Jesus that you. At that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. (laughs) And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him or reveal myself to him. Is everyone okay with that section there? I used to hate that one growing up because it seems kind of like a weird if you love me, then my dad will love you. And then if my dad loves you, I'll love you. And then if I love you, I'll show myself to you. And it feels so weird with the wrong goggles on of like a trade-off. But can I really, what if I was to say it like this? Jesus is sitting here talking about, this is the type of man who keeps my commandments. Let me tell you about the type of person. Let me let me explain. If you're wondering who are the people who keep my commandments, it's the people who love me. Those are the people who, who keep my commandments. What if I was to read you like that? A little different? All right. Okay, cool. Uh, I go back to the whole purpose of this whole conversation. This was not him addressing anyone's behavior. This was not God saying, God being like, okay, this, this is some naughty boys and we need to teach them. All right, just tell them that if you love me, you'll keep my... This was not about that. If you tell me... I'm sorry, if I was to tell you that I had a conversation with my wife and I was like... Oh, I want to spend more time with you. I want to be around you. I got you a new gift. I'm giving you a new gift and all this stuff. And then, and I and I said, what was that conversation about? You would probably say, what? She's a bad wife. We're trying to fix her behavior, right? No, it doesn't make sense. So why would I read in here that when he says that in a little while longer, you'll see me no more. Sorry, in a little while longer, the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Hmm. Because I live, you live also. Mm. At that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who asks my commandments keeps them, and it is he who loves me. Sorry he, he, oh, sorry. he who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself in him. the The, the mention of our behavior is in the context of a fruit of loving him. Does that make sense? I'm not, I'm not trying to trip you up here. I'm actually trying to make this super-duper simple. Um, I'll, say like this. I'll say it like this. I'm going to close these stupid notes for a second. In explaining how our love is actually supposed to carry us and empower us to obey him, he breaks down this wonderful picture of how it actually works. He says, in a little while, the world won't see me, but you'll see me. So the first step is actually being able to see him. And after we see him, it says that Then we'll know him. I'll I'll just read it here. It says, at that day, you will know that I am in the father and you are, and you in me and I in you. So what happens when we see him? We get to know him. And then after that, he says, he who keeps my command, has my commands and keeps my commands, they will love me. So what happens when I know God is I actually get to love God. And then at the end of it all, he says, and then my father, I'll just read it so you don't know, so you know I'm not lying, is, and he who loves me will be loved by my father and, will, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So the, the end result of all of us loving him is that we actually get to see him more. He said, I'm going to reveal myself more. So this is how it works. It's so beautiful. And I, I, I don't want to like, it's not a formula. It's just, it's just fun. It's, it's me and Megan. It's me and Matt. It's like, it's, it's, it's the more that I see God, the more that I get to know him. And the more I know him, the more I absolutely love him. And the more I love him. Oh. The more I see him, isn't that crazy? It's literally like, I mean, like you know this. I think I think you guys know this in your relationship with God, but even in people, it's like there's so many who I could point to anyone in this room. But like, I remember falling in love with Rafa. I was like. I would I would pay attention to him. I would pay attention to him. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, he's incredible. And then I felt like I knew him more. And then we'd watch like The Notebook or something together. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But 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 it's only because my wife is out of the room for now. Just, you know, anyway. But but no, I'm serious. I'm 100% serious. It's the more I got to know him, the more I loved him. I loved him so much. And the more that I loved him, I would pay closer attention to him. You see what I'm saying? And I would see even more. And the more I saw him... The more I knew him. And the more you see, it's it's this beautiful cycle of like it's it's this organic thing. But but going back to Levi, we learned earlier that it's it's his love for me that empowered him to obey me, right? And that's wonderful. But where do you think his love for me came from? Come on, let's go. I'm serious. I'm so serious. I, he didn't come. In fact, I know a lot of people personally who do not love their dads. No kid is just born just loving their dad. Do you see what I'm saying? It's, 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 I loved him. And even before he was born, I loved him. And so he was born into me, like, adoring him. And the desire of my heart was like, man, I just can't wait to be known by him. I used to sneak into the room, and his I do not know But, yeah, it was definitely against I was like, oh, I just want to hold you. And I look at him, and I cry because I'm like, I just can't wait to know you. I can't wait to get to know you. And I, was adore, I would adore the opportunity I get to know this, this, this son of mine. And that love he grew up in. And so what is he giving me back? Only what I've given him. So the second point is the, the, the love we have for him comes explicitly, exclusively from him. Nowhere else. You can't... Mm, more love for him. I promise. I've tried. And this is just a side note. When he was born, I didn't say, I'm going to have the best behaved boy in the world. Come on. Believe me, I care about his behavior. In fact, when he came in here, I was like, listen, babe, don't let him on the stage. He's going to get wild. But... <laughs> Before that ever happened, he came running to my arms and melted my heart. The joy of being his dad is not him. And I care about his behavior. I really do. It's really important to me. But I told you, when he was born, the most, thing I, the most exciting thing in my life was I get to know my son and be known by him. He's going to know me as a provider. Yeah, I'll provide for him, but he'll know me as a provider. Yeah, come on. Mm-hmm. So please. When you read this, allow your heart to be convinced that don't, don't hang on to those things that don't bring life. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I, won't, I won't go into that. Does that make sense? Yeah. I just want to give this a more accurate like picture of what's going right on here. Cool? Okay. Whew. Yeah, I'm going to skip some stuff. And if the Holy Spirit says come back, I will. So the more we see him, the more we know him. And the more we know him, the more we love him. And the more we love him the more he's like, I'll reveal myself to you. Okay, one more side note. Ugh, I just have to do it. I just have to. I'm sorry. I, I trust the Holy Spirit's leading this. In 1 Corinthians, if, uh, if you want to go there, Evangeline. Actually, don't. I, I can read it in my other Bible. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, we already thanked God for the Spirit earlier, but I just, I just kind of want to point it out um, in a different place. uh, Sorry, let me slow down. This is 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. It says, What no eye has seen, and I'm reading out of the NIV, I believe. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived. The things that God has prepared for those who love Him. These are the things God has revealed to us by the Spirit. And so I just want to just take a quick second to talk about how important the Spirit is in knowing God. The Spirit searches all the things, even the deep things about God, for you for who knows a person's thought except for their own spirit within them. In the same way no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Yeah. What we have received is not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Period. What has God freely given us? Oh, well, a lot of things. Sorry, you guys don't have to answer these things. But I think of immediately of John three sixteen, 16, like, said, "God, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that we will not perish, but have everlasting life. And in John 17, verse 3, he defines everlasting life as that we may know the only true God in Jesus who, who you have sent. That's everlasting life. So God so loved the world that he gave his only son, which I could not imagine. I was holding Levi tonight in worship, and, and Matt was singing, um, I'll never know how much it costs. And I've never sung it with Levi on my lap before, but I'll never do it again because I, I was undone. I will never know the cost of giving up your only son. And then he said something so powerful, and it was, like, be encouraged. Be encouraged. And I was like, oh, thank God, because I was really sad. But I was encouraged in that because I was like, I'll never have to know what it's like to give that because you gave it. Yeah. But why? So that I wouldn't die, but have everlasting life, which means to know him. The invitation to him giving his son wasn't necessarily, he wasn't like, ew, dirty kids, let me wash them clean. He said, ooh, they don't know me yet, let me get, make a way for them to know me. Does that make sense? He's just too good to be. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. Uh, so the second point is this: our love for him comes exclusively from God. And la- I'm going to go into this last little sex- section of John, <sighs> and then give you guys like a doggy bag to go home with, or uh, what, to go by. Okay, so in what he just said, he he said in a little while in, in verse 19, he said in a little while longer, you'll see, no, see him. Uh, the world will see him no more, but you will. And so Judas had a huge. You know, he didn't really understand that. So in verse 22, we'll pick up. John 14, verse 22 says this. Judas, not the one who's betrayed him, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not the world? And Jesus answered him and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. When I was younger, I wasn't really good at taking care of things. I was, I'm glad my dad's not here because he'd probably be like, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But he would walk into my room, and man, it was a mess almost all the time. I was just a little um, bit immature. But even in the messiest house, messiest room, messiest, um, I've gotten better now. Our room's clean, baby. I I, I love cleaning. I I do, because I love you. But but I've grown since then. But that's not the point. The point is this, that even in my messiest times, my car was a mess, my life was a mess, my grades were a mess, my room was a mess, everything was a mess. But I had this Xbox controller, and it was perfect. I had this guitar, and it was pristine. I didn't even like when other people touched it. I had this, what I was that? I had a computer that I bought myself, and it was, I would, like, breathe on it, like, to, like, it was, like, an intimate cleaning process. It was, like, I took such good care of it. But here's the thing is, what I found in what Jesus is saying here is, what you love, you'll take care of. Cool? So when Jesus is saying, you know, Judas is like, wait, how is this impossible? Jesus says, if anyone loves me, who is he? And I'll give you a hint. We've been studying this all year. The living word. So let me read it like this. If anyone loves the word, then he'll keep the word. And we learned last week what keep means. <sighs> but I know that firsthand with my Xbox controller, I know that firsthand with my Mac and with my thing. Is the more I've come to love this and love him and love who Jesus is, the easier it's been to care about him and take care of it. The things that he said, it's so easy to... to Like, I don't care about... What does that show you watch? Downton Abbey. I don't care about Downton Abbey. I couldn't care. And like, I love you so I'll put it on. We're sitting in bed. I'll, like, I'll let you finish this episode. I'm like dreading it. But I don't care. I don't care. I can't relate. At all. I'm so... And uh, don't tell Pastor Gavin I said that. But... <laughs> I don't care. I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart. I don't keep up with it because I don't care about it. But, I'm sorry, Grandma. I'm sorry, Mom. I don't know. But, but I don't care. And so sometimes we put such a, we put such a um, backwards perspective on keeping God's word and we'll beat ourselves up for, we'll beat ourselves up for disobeying God. But the truth of the matter is, is if we just cared about it in the first place, it would actually empower us to take care of it. As opposed to being like, oh, no, I messed up. And we try and fix our behavior before we, you know, oh, man. I'm not going to grab my prop, but I, I was going to bring this apple up here. And it's like w- one thing God was telling us, you cannot earn fruit. Obedience is a byproduct of intimacy. You don't earn that. You don't earn self-control. Nobody ur- me and Le- Megan didn't earn Levi. He's a byproduct of intimacy. So we're sitting here saying, oh, I I don't have I don't I'm not obedient here. Let me try and change this or do this. And really the the only thing that the hope of you um being obedient is as if you're intimate in that area. It's an invitation, Jesus was talking about here. It's not a correct your behavior. It's a no no come know me. I'm the only way. I'm the only it's a come get to know me. I'm the this will actually empower you to do it. In fact, you have no hope of doing it outside of me. This is the conversation we're having. And this is the most exciting thing in the world. You saw it with Matt. You're seeing it now in all of us. It, you, you saw in some of the testimonies we shared in prayer time that when people are willing to open their heart up and obey the inclination in God's heart, what happened? God was glorified. See, the story with Levi, it ended wonderfully, but I saw the turmoil in his face when he was willing to not willing to give that first you know thing up. He was like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But once he did it, the thing is, he, I asked him to share because I'm generous. My dad loves giving. A man. My sister loves giving. I love giving. It's almost dangerous. Sometimes I watch my dad give. I'm like, "What are you doing, dude?" But like, but I'm the same way. Like, even today, I was getting a haircut, and the person who gave my hair, she's like, "Why are you paying me so much money?" I was like, "I don't have a lot of hair. I don't have a big like a. Uh, I don't have a big uh, you know salon budget, so you can just have it all, you know." And I, but I enjoyed it so much. I enjoyed blessing her because that's who I am. So in obeying me, Levi was actually dis- manifesting who his father is on the earth. So Judah gets to experience my generosity because my son was obedient. So our obedience actually manifests who our dad is. If you think about the apple, oh, I don't don't get it. But if you think about an apple, it's wonderful. I love, I love a good apple, right? But it's it's full of seed, right? And that seed reproduces apples. Our fruit of obedience will actually glorify and manifest more of our, yeah, and reproduce more of our father. If he's good, they'll see it by your obedience. But we're not, we we have no idea how good he is, so it's hard to manifest his goodness. And that was not a smack on the face. I wasn't attacking anybody. Please, I wasn't, no condemnation. But sometimes I have such trouble obeying his word because I don't know how good he is in that area and Jesus says it beautifully in the last thing, and maybe I'll end here. Who knows? But he says it in verse 31. I'm not even going to read it. We Maybe we'll go to verse uh, chapter 15. Who knows? All I know is that this, this living word manifested and showed and exemplified what it is. He said, I think the last verse of the chapter, he talked about um, just as my father asked me to do, so I do. Like, I'll just read it. I'll read it. I don't want to butcher it. He's such a sweet, Okay. Um, all right, so in this is verse 31, it says this. But the world, huh? But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gives me commandments, so I do. Arise, let's go from here. So he's exemplifying everything we're talking about. It's the whole world will know I love God. You know why? Because whatever he tells me to do, I go and do it. I'm manifesting who God is, I'm manifesting my love for him on the earth. And then he goes on, and, and, um, and we can read this. Uh, Oh, thank you, Evangeline. I didn't give you that one. Oh, thank. Um, can we go to uh, John fifteen, verse nine? Uh, I think through twelve. We'll see the my Bible. Does that make sense? So, the, the, my last point. Let me. I don't want to. I'll make sure we don't sneak out without getting it. Is our obedience will, our obedience to God will actually manifest His love for others? And so, there's your fork. There's your knife. There's your plate. Go enjoy. Um, I want to read this one more thing, and, and it's even better in the passage translation, but I only brought mine. My... No, you're so sweet. No, 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 it's fine. I'll give you go. You, you go read it in the passage translation. Um, It doesn't, to me, it's all juicy. Um, okay, so verse nine says this. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. My Bible says Abide means to dwell, to stay, to settle in, or to sink deeper. So let me read it like that. Sink deeper in my love. Dwell in my love. Stay in my love. Settle in my love. As my Father loved me, I also have loved you. Hmm. It's funny how he talks about that. Then he talks about keeping his commandments. If you keep my commandments, you will sink deeper in my love. Crazy how that works, too. Just as I kept my father's commandments and sank even deeper in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy will remain in you, that your joy may be full. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. So in order to even do these stinking commandments, we can't even, the first step is being loved by him. He's like, here's my commitment. Go love others like I've loved you, which means what? I have to be loved first. Okay, is everyone good? I think I want to leave you with one thing, and I've been practicing it. It's not as easy as it sounds. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me say that again. It's way easier than we make it. But how many you know, sometimes we make it, you know? So I'll leave you with this. It's not homework. I thought about making you guys homework. I really did. I was like, let's give them some homework. It's the School of Word and Worship. Let's give them some homework. And I came up with great stuff. I was like, what did I say? I was like, what's the Holy Spirit telling you to do? Go find out how to be obedient, suckers. That was my homework. And it's, so, it's literally completely against everything we just talked about. Literally. It's like, okay, now go be obedient, right? So here's my new homework. It's not homework. It's a doggy bag. It's a, it's a to-go box, a to, to enjoy him even while you're at home. Try this. When you get in bed tonight, ask yourself, am I more in love with him than when I left church? When you wake up tomorrow in the morning, ask yourself, do I know him more than I did last night? When you get in your car and you get on wherever you get on to get home, ask yourself, can I see him more? Do I love him more? Is he revealing himself in a way to ask yourself these questions? Make the priority his intimacy. Enjoying him. I mean, be brutal with yourself. I mean, like, when you get to work, find the times where it's like so easy for you to disconnect from God, whether it's at the gym or at work or even on even talking with some family members. Seriously, you have this almost like preconceived Close my heart down. But in those moments, I encourage you, ask yourself, can I see him more? Can I know him more? Do I do I love him more than before I did? Is he showing me a new part of himself? That's my doggy bag that you can take home. Isn't that way more fun than like, what's the Holy Spirit telling you to do? Cool, is everyone good with that? Um, I don't have anything else to share. I don't believe. Nah, I'm done. Does anyone have any questions? I say really good or really bad. Okay, well then let's pray. You're like, what the heck are you talking about? Um, let's pray. What a wonderful Father. We just love you. And this love we even have for you right now it's come from you, so we thank you for that. Thank you for Thank you, Holy Spirit, for, for helping us see you, for searching the deep things of your heart so we can know you more intimately. And as we get to know you that, I thank you, Jesus, you're so easy to love. it's not even fair. it 's be silly not to fall in love with you. So I thank you for taking us even deeper. And you guys can stay here in this beautiful prayer thing, but I just remembered one thing the Holy Spirit told me earlier. Not in my notes, so just stay praying, but I'll share this. Matt was playing music. God reminded me of, like, when it comes to playing God's heartstrings, there are things that, like, certain notes make a beautiful sound, and certain notes make a terrible, painful sound. There is music theory. There are technical rules or whatever of music whatever. When it comes to playing God's heart sugar, at least what I found as a father is like there are things that Levi does that melt my heart. This morning when he was, we were making breakfast and Megan was getting him food, he goes, thank you, mommy. Thank you. And I was like, oh, I love her. So it means so much that you love her. And it touched this place in my heart. I'm like, oh, my gosh, she melted my heart. And there are also things that he does that breaks my heart. But it doesn't mean I don't love him. In fact, the fact that it breaks my heart is more evidence that I love him so much, I hate to see him do this. So this is not about right or wrong. This is not a box of obedience. It's a, it's a blank canvas of getting to know what moves his heart and getting to know what touches his heart. So Holy Spirit, we thank you as you unfold this living word in our lives, God, in our lives, not just in the box of church and not just in the box of our behavior, but in, the bo- in, the, in, the, in this man who has eyes like fire. Whose voice is like rushing water. In this father who gave up his only son, so I don't have to. So that I would know him. So we don't waste even the calling you put on our lives or the purpose you put, or the destiny you put on our lives, we don't waste it on getting fixated on it, getting it perfect for you or getting from point A to point B. We we shift. We allow you to shift our hearts to seeing you, to knowing you, to loving you. And we thank you, God, for the manifestation of who you are on the earth because of your love flowing through us. And we're praying this in your name, nobody else's, in who you are and everything you've already accomplished. And we thank you ahead of time for the intimacy that flows out of this place. So much bigger than just a Wednesday night school. I'm speaking to generations. I'm speaking to tens of thousands of families affected. So we honor what you're doing. We honor what you're going to continue to do. And we just say thank you, God. Thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, man. Whoa, that was fun. Well, yeah. Okay, have a great night. Seriously, do not, when you get in your bed, do not forget. Ask him, do I know you more? Do I love you more? When you wake up in the morning, same thing. When you go walk your dog, same thing. I love you guys. Have a good night.